0: Welcome to Anime Club After Darks Movie Reviews, a spoiler-free discussion detailing the good, the bad, and the downright ridiculous of anime movies. I'm your host, Alex, and I am joined tonight by our chivalry of Shota, Shotaro.
1: I see it, I like it, I want it, I got it.
0: (laughs) Oh my goodness. And tonight, you and I are going to be doing a review of one of my favorite anime movies ever, uh, that being Satoshi Kon's Paprika. Uh. It's a phenomenal movie. Uh, As I said, directed by Satoshi Kon. It was his uh, final film that was released before his death. Not the last one he worked on, but it was the final one that was released. Uh, At the time of his death, he was actually working on a fifth uh, uh, theatrical movie called Dreaming Machine, but it has never been released, and it probably never will. Um, Produced by Studio Madhouse, it was released in Japan on November twenty fifth, two 2006. Um, It is based on a two-volume manga of the same name that was done uh, back in 1994-95. They made this on a budget of 300 million yen, which is around 2.8 million US dollars. And the sad part is that its total box office gross is 944,915 US dollars. Made less than Uh, half of what it cost. Now this is according to box office mojo, which is usually pretty right about these things. It's the best, it's the best number I could find for a total worldwide gross. Um, if it's wrong, blame them. (laughs) I I looked at that and I thought this can't be right, but I I guess it is. It's sad to say that this is how his last film was received, you know, financially, but it it is what it is. I guess, um, I deserve to make more money. (laughs) Um, But that's, that's it for the, the, you know, introductory information. So let's get into the uh, art and animation and cinematography. Uh, So show. Yeah. This, this movie, the plot of it, which we will get to eventually revolves a lot around dreams. Oh Uh, yeah. So there are a lot of dream sequences in this movie. Uh, I think it's safe to say that a lot of these dream sequences are really trippy.
1: Oh yeah. Um, This is actually the first time I've seen this, and I chose to watch it because the preview showed me some of the dream sequences, and I'm like, this looks really interesting and fun, and they were really interesting and fun in the actual movie, so that's definitely- I mean, it is the literal main part of the plot, but also (laughs) it is the main part of the appeal of the movie is um, the wild dreams, and- the they animated those wild dreams um, just as good as they deserved. They looked really
0: good. They did. Um, and one of the things that I think cinematographically, cinematographically, I think that's how you say no, it. That's not a word. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> one of the things that's good about the cinematography of this film is that as an audience member, you watch it and you're never really sure whether you're watching something that's taking place in reality or in a dream sequence. And how they almost start to blend together as the movie goes on. And I think that was really well done. Because as an audience member, it constantly keeps you guessing.
1: Yeah. it's um, There's definitely surprises and twists that were weaved in really well in
0: a directorial standpoint. Uh, and like, like we said, these dream sequences, they're very colorful. They're eccentric. And there, there's a specific dream sequence that kind of plays throughout the movie. It's kind of referred to simply as the parade sequence. Um, I don't do drugs, but if I did and I was watching this movie, I'd be having a very good time.
1: <laughs> I like how in the movie, one of the characters verbally described the parade sequence, and I'm mm. like, what the fuck is going on? And then we see it, and I'm like, I understand fully, and I
0: would describe and that's, it in that's the movie. Like that's like same your way. first. That that's your first uh, like hint that they're going to be blending reality and and the dream worlds because like and, and it's, it occurs very very early on in the movie where all of a sudden out of nowhere one of the characters just starts verbally describing through the dialogue what's about what you're about to see in the parade sequence and you're like what the fuck is going on like because I watch I don't know if you watch the the English dub or the uh, the Japanese dub but in the Japanese dub I'm sitting there reading the 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 subtitles and I'm like. You know, is something wrong with the subtitles?
1: Yeah, I I also watched the Japanese dub, and I had the same uh, experience. I'm like, I had to pause and rewind. I'm like, did they? Did he actually say that? What What is going on?
0: Yeah, and the longer that like monologue goes on, the like crazier and less connected to reality the dialogue seems.
1: Yeah, that was it's really that great. Was a funny it's it's scene. a great it,
0: it's a great introduction to this idea that you know the the. Uh, dreams and reality will be blended. Yeah. Because it's not, it's not just done through the art and animation. It's done through the dialogue as well. It's, it's so good. It, it, it's so good. One thing I do have to talk about is the opening title sequence of, of Paprika is probably one of my absolute favorites in all of anime, whether you're talking about movies or, like, serial TV anime. um, it, 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 It's so good. The, the music is phenomenal which we'll get to in just a second. Um but it shows you kind of what's about to happen with the story, but it also doesn't give too much away. It kind of keeps you guessing. It's like it's it's really weird and it's it's crazy because the main character or who you think is the main character is kind of bouncing around through different elements of like the background in each shot and you're like what the fuck is going on? It's very surreal. It's very trippy and confusing. I was
1: uh, a bit lost during that, but it was it was well directed. I'll give it
0: that. It is. It, I don't know. It's like one of. I, you and I have talked about this. One of a, a complaint that you and I I think have about a lot of ops in anime today is they give so much of the plot away. Um. Yeah. Spe- especially like late game spoilers. Some of the some anime ops will give away, and it's like you don't really see that with this, and it, it's really nice. Although this is a movie, not a TV anime But still, I mean, the point stands
1: I mean, there are some spoilers in there Uh,
0: Very minor Compared to some of the spoilers you get in today's Anime OPs, though
1: True, a lot of today's Anime OPs are pretty sloppy
0: Yeah, erased
1: Another thing I'd like to mention about the animation Was, um, I really liked The creepy uh, Disfigured, morphed faces That they Mm. did Um, Very Very unsettling I I like the it was a good um, horror esque uh, sort of aspect of the movie and I appreciated
0: it. it. Almost delving into like Junji Ito levels of unsettling, the way the facial expressions kind of just distort and shit, especially during the dream sequences like with the dolls. Oh yeah, like that was crazy. That you look at that, you're like, "Mm -mm." I love the
1: dolls. They were also really Mm -hmm. creepy.
0: Yeah, I mean, dolls are kind of creepy in real life, but.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, this was like a Japanese doll, so
0: yes. you don't see that too often. Um, so coming off like the opening title sequence, let's talk about the, the sound design and the scoring. So uh, the score for this movie was composed by uh, Susumu Hirasawa. He did uh, three out of four of Satoshi Kon's other film. He scored three of the four. Uh, he did Paprika, um, uh, Millennium Actress... Tokyo Godfathers or no not Tokyo Godfathers paranoia and par- para- bleh, paranoia agent easy for me to say um and uh I don't know about you personally, but I really like the use of like the bombastic musical cues during the dream sequence and like I said the the opening title sequence music is great um one of my favorite like op uh, songs um I don't what did you think of the the overall score of the of the of the movie? I mean,
1: I really like the Vocaloid tracks, especially Mm. the main track that played during the OP. Mm. I literally had to Google what language it was in, and I'm like, wait, this is Japanese? It literally sounds
0: like Swedish yodeling.
1: Okay? And I I am
0: into it. Uh. I think the, the chorus of that song is actually just gibberish but uh cuz you hear the entire song in at, you know during the end credits yeah I, but um,
1: the karaoke at the end credits was actual japanese words i think
0: yep yeah, but i don't th- i don't think the, ac- the, the most of the song is like you know actual lyrics but i think the chorus the da 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 i i think the the words that or pl- the words that they're sung during that are just gibberish
1: i don't think so
0: but you might be right um, but anyway, you mentioned you mentioned Vocaloid. This was the very first uh, film or television uh, appearance of the Vocaloid program ever.
1: And I've listened to a bit of Vocaloid stuff, and this song, these songs that were in this movie, were really good
0: by Vocaloid standards as well. Hmm. So, and this was back in 2006, so this must have been the original Vocaloid program, not Vocaloid Two, which introduced Miku.
1: So that's really impressive that not only is this the debut of Vocaloid in um, theatrical or television, uh, but it's also so amazing. So I Mm. love that. And I also loved that um, the main theme that was in the OP was very EDM, uh, Mm. because I'm an EDM fan. Um, But also the song that was sung during the parade sequence was also really good. And that was the other
0: Vocaloid song, I believe. And by the way, anyone who out there is a Vocaloid fan, the voice bank that they used was the Vocaloid Lola. Just a little bit of uh, trivia there for you. Also, I I didn't realize this until I was kind of researching for this review. Um, Hirosawa used... (laughs) This is amazing. uh, All the way in 2006 was using an Amiga computer for the composition of the electronic parts of the music. (laughs) I don't um, know what an Amiga computer is. It's a very old computer.
1: Honey, I'm a zoomer. What's an
0: Amiga? <laughs> it's a very old PC. Okay. Um, yeah, it's the. It's just amazing to me as someone who does like computer science stuff. I, it, it's just amazing that it, it was being used that late back in 2006. Um, uh, where was I gonna go with this? Oh, uh, something else about the the sound design, uh, the sound effects. Um, there were like really during the dream sequence is very whimsical. Um, but during the stuff in reality until it starts to blend together toward the end, they're very like realistic down to earth sound effects. Um, this includes the fucking laughter. Oh my God. I so, love
1: creepy laughter.
0: The creepy laughs that are in this fucking, <laughs> in this fucking movie are so unsettling. Oh yes. <laughs> and, oh my especially God.
1: Especially by the dolls when they're just like oh. jiggling their little bobbleheads and laughing.
0: Oh, and yes. then I need that toward, to be my toward, ringtone. Toward the end of the film, there's, like, the the giant doll that fucking laughs so... Oh, yeah. Oh. ...so high-pitched that it breaks windows. Oh, I love it. It's so beautiful. And you actually see the characters react to that, like, it looks like it's hurting their ears to hear... <laughs> mm-hmm. it's music I mean, It's music It's not. It's not enough that these dolls are creepy as fuck. It's they sound creepy, too.
1: Oh, yeah. Um... <laughs> I also liked the voice acting of the mm. main lady. Um, what I don't know, Doctor uh, Chiba. The yes, Chiba, aka um, Paprika. I like how. Wow, I like how um, how much of a bitch she was, uh, or mm. she sounded through her voice acting. Such a cold, steel-hard bitch.
0: And I'm I, like balance. all all of the voice acting in this movie was pretty damn good. Uh, but since you brought it up, I'll, I'll also throw this bit of trivia out there. Um, Satoshi Kon actually does a voice, actually two voices in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he is the voice of both of the bartenders in the uh, the radio club sequences. Mm. That's I thought. That was, I think it was pretty cool. I mean, not only does he direct and write this shit, he gets in there in the sound booth and records some voices too. Satoshi Kon was great.
1: Such a multi-talented prodigy. Genius. <laughs> oh,
0: and speaking of which, I,
1: we, I totally forgot to mention this because it just came to me now. Speaking of geniuses, they animated the genius, um, I don't even know what his name was, the fat doctor, Toriko? Oh, uh, t- uh, Toki- Tokita. Tokita. They animated his balls of fat really detailed, like there's a lot of detail in the undulations of his fat, and I'm like you do what you gotta do animation committee
0: but, okay I like the fact that they they went with this overweight genius thing and then ran with it, like you see him being way too big to be using some of the things that he does, like he gets caught in the elevator, he's using a chair that his entire body just engulfs the whole chair I don't know what to say i don't know if that's supposed to be funny i don't know. i mean i the the visualization is kind of funny but then you look at it and you think about it for a second you're like "Ooh, that's not healthy man
1: no <laughs>
0: i like how i like how even some of the characters point that out too like dude you're not healthy yeah <laughs> um but i it, it kind of goes along with his personality of being like, this child genius. Like, he's really smart, but his personality is, like, you can't get out of that, like, early teenage phase. Like, 12, 13-year-old phase. mm mm-hmm. uh, So, I guess, uh, let's move on to the story. Um, So, the story, uh, without giving too much away, because I honestly feel if you've never watched Paprika before, going in with as little knowledge as possible is actually really good. You'll enjoy it a lot more. Um. It revolves around this idea of dream diving, which, you know, if, if you live in the West and you've ever seen the movie Inception, um, you know, Christopher Nolan said that he got a lot of inspiration for doing Inception by watching Paprika, so...
1: Oh, really? That's interesting.
0: Yes. Um, Inception's also a great movie, which I recommend. Um, but it kind of deals on in that same premise of going into, you know, people's dreams to get information like and help them psychologically. Now in this movie, it's kind of viewed as a sort of medical device to assist psychologists in you know, treating mental illness. Whereas in, uh, in, uh, inception, it's used as a weapon. Yeah. It's kind of weaponized in this too, because that the overall, uh, driving point of the plot is, you know, these, um, I guess you could call them MacGuffins. They're called DC minis, which allow this whole thing to happen. Um, get stolen, and the driving force of the plot is trying to figure out who it was that stole these like prototypes for this device. Mm-hmm. And um, it kind of. so I know you think it's like a technophobic thing, and I kind of see that. I really do. Um, but I also see it as like it. It's just this MacGuffin that people gotta find.
1: I guess. What is a MacGuffin
0: again? Something that you're trying to find just to drive the plot along. Okay. And
1: they're trying to find the villain. Yeah. Okay. Well, I say it's a technophobic plot because it's just, it's the very like general idea of the movie is that, you know, yeah. there's this cutting-edge technology that is dangerous and is gonna kill us, so we have to uh, deal with it, um, which is what happens, and we see that kind of stuff in a lot of different uh, mostly Western shows. Um, yeah. It's like this
0: technology that's designed clearly to help people could very easily be turned into a weapon against people.
1: Yeah, and um, I mean, that's always an interesting sort of idea. Um, So Mm -hmm. I did like that general idea. But, and the specific uh, way they did it with, you know, Entering Dreams, I thought that was sort of unique. Maybe not the most uh, original thing in the world, but... Uh, I thought it was new and refreshing and interesting to watch. Um, Definitely when I first, like, when they first talked about the DC Mini, I'm like, oh, this is interesting. Uh, Tell me more. You have my attention. Um, But, like, the problem I have, my biggest problem with this movie, is that, you know, the DC Mini is going into dreams. They're doing all these dream-related things. And most, or a lot of the runtime is them spending time in dreams which i it looks personally, great th- it looked great but i personally have a hard time paying attention to because i know it's not real and it's not like actually happening so i'm like why am i watching this if it's not actually happening like why yeah it's not actually progressing any plot or anything so i'm like what is going on
0: I can definitely see that. Um, like, like I say, it's it's very pretty to look at, but it doesn't necessarily always drive the plot along. Sometimes you have these dream sequences, which are nice, but they don't seem to have a whole lot of point to them.
1: No, they don't. And the, uh, the, like we said, it's very surreal um, in comparison to something like Inception that you were mentioning. You know, Inception's plot is very similar to uh, Paprika. But they make it like when they're in the dream, it's very linear uh, Mm. goals and they're doing very specific things. and They're progressing a very, you know, real plot, whereas Mm. in Paprika, you know, there's just random stuff happening and it doesn't always like relate to the plot so it's
0: also it's also worth mentioning that you know throughout the runtime of the movie there are also some small subplots that are playing out as well like the uh the police inspector has mm -hmm. this like mini subplot of trying to figure out you know um why he's having this recurring dream where he seems to be shooting himself
1: that was interesting
0: to see unravel um Mm
1: -hmm.
0: although had nothing to do with the main plot No, it was it was interesting, though. I mean, it's an interesting delve into the psyche. And that's a lot of what this movie is. It's it's Satoshi Kon trying to delve deep into like the dark side of human nature, which tends to come out in dreams. Like, I don't know about you, because I don't I don't typically remember a lot of my own dreams. But the ones I remember the most are the ones that are very dark and disturbing.
1: I remember happy dreams, too. But yeah, I have bad dreams as well.
0: It's it's the ones that like the ones that stick with me. Like I can remember dreams from many, many years ago oh, that are very dark and depressing.
1: Honey, the ones that stick with me are the wet dreams, honey. <laughs> we <laughs> That's the best kind of night. dreams.
0: That's the best kind of dreams. But I mean that that is one thing I actually really liked about the dream sequences and how they were used in this, because you see a lot of dream sequences in other media um they're 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 either used to like they give the main character a specific plot piece of plot point information that they then go do and like the dream sequence plays out very linearly whereas the dream sequence in this are just crazy and surreal and like they feel like dreams people could actually have
1: yeah but like in real life where i don't like hearing about other people's dreams. I don't particularly like watching other
0: people's dreams either. Uh, yeah. I I can I, I definitely I definitely can see that criticism, yeah. Um it's just nice that mm-hmm. it's it's nice that it's a very realistic depiction of dreams that sometimes dreams just don't make fucking sense.
1: Sometimes. And that not, doesn't necessarily make for good narrative, but it does give a good opportunity for really interesting animation. I will give it that. Yes. Um, good
0: good art porn.
1: <laughs> I won't like insult the premise for not uh making a story that makes sense because i feel like the premise is still fine i Mm. feel like they just needed to make the dreams a bit more relevant to the plot so yeah yeah i can i I feel they failed a little in that aspect
0: and another another criticism i think you have of this movie um that i kind of see as well is like so. A lot of the plot of the movie revolves around this like whodunit mystery, right? Trying mm-hmm. to figure out who stole the DC minis and why. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, the the setup is interesting, but the payoff maybe not so much. Yeah, I didn't really care at the end when they told me who did it, and then. And when- I think that's because the villain is kind of a moustache twirling villain.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just I feel like they could have made the person interesting. If they, if, I don't know, if they spent more time developing that person, but Mm. they didn't really give much and it just came off as cliche and, uh, you know, yeah, mustache twirling. It wasn't that, it wasn't that great of a payoff.
0: Yeah. It's like the villain doesn't have incredibly deep or, you know, profound motivations really. And just like I say, mustache-twirling villain just goes out there and, and states quite clearly what his goals are, and it's like, a little more nuance would be pretty nice.
1: Yeah, I mean, I guess they like only half-heartedly went into the mystery genre. They were just like, we want to stick. I mean, the main thing is the surreal part of this show. You know, we're going to have a little bit of mystery, but not too much, mm. which didn't really work out, in my opinion.
0: Um, There's, there's a... Uh... I guess you could say it's a theory that the main villain actually has dementia, which is why he's like the way he is. But <laughs> oh, which kind of makes sense in a way. I also think it's funny that the genre in on Mal for Paprika the first one that's listed is dementia. I didn't know that was a genre. I didn't of know fiction. that
1: was a genre either.
0: <laughs> but apparently, it's one of the genres that Evangelion is in, according to Mal. <laughs> okay,
1: in- very <laughs> interesting.
0: Oh, man. Um, I will say, um, I did actually really like the main character, though. Um, Me too. Of, of Chiba. Oh, yes. Um,
1: definitely. Just because I am Chiba, you know?
0: Well, and you, know, you are. You're very much like I her have in real life. a
1: really bad RBF, and we both have to struggle with that. That's why I understand her um, pain. Yeah. Um,
0: and... I thought that she was developed really well throughout the course uh, of the, uh, of the movie. It's it's it, a good example yet again, that Japan seems to be so much better at least currently at creating the quote, strong female character archetype because she's a strong female character, but yet she kind of fails and isn't perfect and has faults and it's, it's okay. You can still be a strong character and have faults and fail.
1: Mm-hmm. She is a good female character. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think that's one of Paprika's strong points is that their characters, other than the villain, were
0: uh, interesting. It's just funny and well rounded. Like, they weren't. They weren't too dimensional. None of the none of the characters were really 2 dimensional except the main antagonist. Yeah, I'm like, why? Why did they develop
1: this side character, the detective, if they're not even going to develop the villain? Why was the detective yeah. the villain? <laughs>
0: That would have been an interesting thing. Be much more
1: <laughs> interesting.
0: Oh man, uh, God. Um, and then, kind of playing off of that is the resolution at the end. I mean, I don't want to get into it too much, but it's a very much a symbolic resolution. It doesn't really make. Um, much you're not sense. Meant, I don't think you're. I don't think you're necessarily meant to take anything enormously profound away from the ending other than like don't f- don't try to fuck with other people's dreams I guess. I, it just it makes no sense. <laughs> Honey, they called that ending in.
1: <laughs> They're like how the <laughs> fuck we ending this? And then I'm mean, like I, I don't I do know equate-
0: I, I do equate some of this to the fact that um, it is based on a manga. I haven't read the manga, so I don't know if that's actually how the manga ends. I probably should read this manga at some point, though. Um, but I, I, I genuinely don't know if that's how the manga ends. It, it actually ends and that's what they were going with, or if it's an like an original ending for the movie. Um, I should probably read the manga sometime and find that out. I mean, it was... Oh, it was- Two volumes, you said? Yeah, it's a two-volume manga. Volumes.
1: Eh, that's not bad. I could see that
0: happening. But anyway, uh, to wrap this up, uh, what score would you give this movie out of 10?
1: Well, I would give it a 7 out of 10, which is quite generous because I don't like movies. <laughs> um, especially since I you. spent most of this podcast complaining about this movie. Um I was actually impressed because I had very low expectations. Um, definitely, the strong points of the show were the characters, the animation, and the music, um, especially the main character, which was very uh, nice to see. There were a lot of plot holes, so <laughs> seven is general. There was a
0: there was a literal hole at one point. <laughs> oh
1: God! Don't get me started. Uh. But I think it's a very, you know, theatrical experience. It's very, there's lots of lights and, you know, and smoke and mirrors and, you know, confetti everywhere. Um, And it's a fun watch. You don't necessarily have to think about it too much. And it has its creepy moments, which I do appreciate. So 7 out of 10.
0: I give it a 9 out of 10, mostly because I just really like Satoshi Kon's directing style. Um, i there's not a single one of his movies that I dislike at all. Um, and a lot, like you said, the the animation, uh, the art, the sound is, is all really great. The, the narrative premise is really good. Um, it may not pay off that great at the end, but watching it all play out is a really fun experience. Um, I like a lot of the symbolism that's in the dream sequences and it just, It feels it's a fun ride, and for you feel like you've watched something that's longer than ninety minutes because that's exactly how long this movie is. It's ninety minutes long, and at the end of it, you feel like you've watched something that's way longer. At least I did.
1: Maybe I felt like it was ninety minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
0: the last the last couple of movie reviews we've done have been like two hour plus movies. Mm -hmm. I know you were looking forward to less than a two hour movie. Please shorten it down. (laughs) <laughs> and with that i think i'll end this movie review there thank you all out there for dropping in to listen to us. we hope you enjoyed it because we sure enjoyed bringing it to you if you want to check out other episodes of the podcast, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, BitChute, SoundCloud, and Spotify. If you want to keep up with what we're doing, you can join us on Discord, Facebook, Twitter, and our website. Shoot us an email if you have any questions, or if you have ideas for topics you'd like for us to talk about in the future. Links to all these things will be down below in the description. As always, I have been your host, Alex, and I will see you next time. Second night show.
1: Everybody needs a little spice in their life. So have some paprika. We'll <laughs> do you good. Hey, show. Mm-hmm.
0: Are you assuming that's I? Huh?